Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well, and I pray that the uh, crazy circumstances, both without and within the church, are causing you, uh, me, every one of us, to um, focus on our faith, on what it is that we do believe, and to really, really live it. Um, There's no other way to heaven but by living the faith that we've been given, the faith once for all uh, handed down by the saints to us. It's the only faith to live. It's the only faith to believe, beloved, and it does not change. Truth does not change ever. And what the Catholic Church has taught for 2,000 years is given to her by her Lord uh, himself. And it is forever lasting. It doesn't change. It is he who created humanity, and there is no such thing as a new humanity. Um, It is he who created the Catholic Church, and um, that if there is a worldwide religion, that is the only worldwide religion our Lord intended. He said to the apostles to uh, go and preach the gospel uh, in uh, Ju- uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And the gospel uh, uh, says that the gospel needs to be preached to every soul, and then the end will come. Truth does not change. There is one religion. It is the religion that God has given to the Jewish people as he formed Israel for himself to bring the Messiah to the whole world. And that was... Uh, the law given Israel was fulfilled in the lawgiver as he died on the cross for us, that we might be saved. And that is the only message of salvation. Um, uh, Luke wrote in the book of Acts, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. M-U-S-T, must. God created no other religion. There is no other religion. And God indeed... Uh, longs for our unity, that we would be one as he and the Father are one. But it is to be one in the truth, not in every manner and form of man-made paganism or man-made religion of any kind. God has willed one people, one church, one faith, one baptism. Um and that's what we have if we're in the catholic church and if we're living it if we are if we call ourselves catholic beloved and we don't live our faith we are worse than an infidel we are worse than the pagans because we are more accountable and our future will be harsher than theirs and so we must live the faith we've been given it's a pure gift nobody can earn it nobody deserves it nobody has and nobody ever will but we need to live it by God's grace. And now I think it is clearer than ever whether we live it or not. 
whether we're truly in the world and not of it. And that's what our Lord wants, because that's the only way we'll be witnesses to a lost and dying world. And if we are not witnesses, we are witnesses, good or bad. We are. We have no choice. If people know we're Catholic and we shop and go to restaurants on Sunday and we um, are live immoral lives and don't follow God's um, instructions for us and walk in his way, we are witnesses. And not only... will we be held accountable personally but for our own sins but for our sins against the world that he came to save uh, because he has made us witnesses and when people know we're Catholic and we live as if there's no God that um, it's a very grave scandal to them and it is as you listen to the media it's a very very grave scandal that abortion is equally high among Catholics, that um, Catholics don't go to church on Sunday. Um, What else? That they have divorce as high as the world and all of that. Uh, It's a tremendous scandal to the world to claim one thing and to live another. We need to get our act together, beloved. And um, it's never too late to start this minute, this minute, It's never too late to start. Picture if you're a parent and you've had a wayward child into drugs and murder and everything, a horrible thing you can think of. And at 2.35, one day, he decides to reform truly and change his life. Will you ever tell him it's too late when that's what you've been praying for and fasting for and hoping for, starving for? Of course, it's never too late. It's never too late for us. It's never too late for you, beloved, whoever you are, if you've been away from the church for 200 years and you haven't gone to confession and you're living an immoral life and you deserve hell. This is all true. But the moment you go to confession to a priest and turn from your wicked ways, as the scripture says, you will be brought back into the grace of God, washed clean and be as a newborn babe to live for him now and all eternity in heaven with him. That's the story. And people say, well, doesn't he have to do penance to be forgiven? He does not. He does penance because he's forgiven. And because he's forgiven, our Lord gives him the opportunity to repair the damage he's done. That is, make reparation, reparation. Whatever that is, yes. At which point, reparation, making reparation, doing penance for his sin, again, is not so that he'll be forgiven, but because he's been forgiven. Because you've been forgiven, beloved. And when we're forgiven, we want to do penance. We want to repair the damage we've done. We want to as much as we can. And so the priest helps us with that. God helps us through the priest to do penance, whether it's three Hail Marys or um, to go to the police and turn ourselves in, whatever it is, it's the opportunity to make reparation on earth, to make, to heal the damage we've done. And the fact is, the future is ours to live with God forever. If we don't do that penance, if we refuse, then 
the grace of God is not ours. We've already received it freely. It's a gift. We never earn it. But if we refuse the gift by refusing the penance, then that grace of God is withheld from us. Yes, it, it's, uh, it's the same with a parent, beloved. It's the same with a parent. If a child comes back and he's been on drugs and he's stolen from the family and all of that, he says, Mom, Dad, I've, I've turned from drugs. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely I'm rehabilitated. I, I, I'm not even fully rehabilitated. I want to turn to God. And he goes to the priest, he's forgiven. And the priest tells him to get a job and restore the money he's stolen from his family or friends and do this or that. And he doesn't do it. And one day you find money missing from your wallet again. Um, that grace is withheld from him. That grace of forgiveness and salvation is withheld from him. This is not a formula. This is not something we can fool God and do our own thing. No, this is the unlimited, unfathomable, endless, matchless mercy and love of God that he'll forgive every one of us regardless of what we've done. A tiny little sinner, white lie, or a serial murderer. And you say, well, come on, I'm not a serial murderer. He deserves hell, not me. Not so. Your little tiny white lie deserves hell. Yes, it does. Because God cannot come into the presence of sin. It's not the uh, amount of sin that keeps us from him. And it, it is the fact of sin. He cannot come into the presence of sin. So there are degrees of heaven and degrees of hell, but we're still in hell. We're still infinitely separated from God, apart from his forgiveness. So, and the forgiveness comes through the church he established and through the priesthood that he established. It's God's way. Why does it have to be God's way? Because he set it up and there's no other way to be saved. If we do anything else, we're on our own. We're on our own. We didn't create heaven. We didn't create hell. We didn't create forgiveness. We only created sin and there's no way out of it unless God brings us out of it to himself. Okay. I don't know why I got into all of that. Just because of the, the mess we're in, the mess the church is in. And the, the, the shameful agony of the world seeing what's happening to the Catholic Church. And we say still, if you're not Catholic, you need to come. You need to be Catholic. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. That is the name of Jesus Christ and the church he established, of which he is the head, which is the Catholic Church. It is the church on a hill. <coughs> which in these days has become very corrupt from within. There's no question about that. But God said the gates of hell will not prevail. The same as in the Old Testament. If it was up to the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, uh, there would have been no Savior. But it's because God is faithful to his word that through a remnant of Israel, the Savior was brought to us. And through that remnant, He was brought to the entire world and every soul, every tongue, tribe, nation. And the Catholic Church is the fulfillment of Israel, uh, of Israel's Messiah, 
brought through Israel for the world, which is why Jesus said salvation is from the Jews. It's not to their credit, because were if God rewarded them according to their deeds, there wouldn't be a Savior. But there is, because God is faithful, and he is true, and he fulfilled his word. And he will always have a remnant. And very soon, beloved, if you're living the Catholic faith, you're going to be part of that remnant. You already are. It's going to become smaller and smaller, but the church remains. The church is truly Christ, is truly holy, is absolutely perfect and without sin. At its core, in its essence, because the church is Christ. I remember Frank Sheed, I've quoted this before, saying, the church is um, the cause of the holiness of its members, but its holiness is not determined by their response. I'll say that again. The church is the cause of the holiness of its members, but its holiness, the holiness of the church, is not measured by the response of its measures. So if I'm holy, it's because of the church, of which Christ is the head. If I'm unholy, it is not the fault of the church because I am not responding to it. I'm doing my own thing. The church is holy. It remains holy without spot or wrinkle. It is the bride of Christ. If you're Catholic, you need to be absolutely confident of that, beloved. Absolutely confident of that. Okay. Now, We have a few minutes left um, for uh, the next mystery of the rosary, which we've been going through. And it's beautiful, from Bishop Fulton Sheen, a book he wrote in 1944. And um, we are now up to the glorious mysteries and the descent upon the Holy, the descent of the Holy Ghost upon the apostles. So I shall read from that. These are very short magnificent reflections. Bishop Sheen says, Many have wished that our blessed Lord had remained, excuse me, many have wished that our blessed Lord had remained on earth, that we might have heard his voice, seen his compassionate eyes, and brought our children to be blessed by his hands. But he said, I can say truly that it is better for you, I should go away. He who is to befriend you will not come to you unless I do go. But if only I make my way there, I will send him to you. End quote from our Lord. Bishop Sheen says, If our Lord had remained on earth, we would have been only, um, he would have been only a symbol to be copied not a life to be lived. Listen to this, beloved. If our Lord had remained on earth, he would have been only a symbol to be copied, not a life to be lived. For by returning to his heavenly Father, he could then send both from the Father and himself the Holy Spirit that would make him live on earth, live on earth, both live and live on earth, in his new body, which is the church. 
The human body is made up of millions of cells, and yet it is one because vivified by one soul, presided over by a visible head and governed by an invisible mind. So on Pentecost, the apostles, who were like the cells of a body, became Christ's mystical body because vivified by his Holy Spirit and governed by one visible head, Peter, and presided over by one invisible head, Christ in heaven. Our glorious church is not an organization, but an organism, as our Lord once thought, governed, and sanctified I'm sorry, as our Lord once thought, um, governed and sanctified through a human body, which he took from the womb of his blessed mother. So now he teaches, governs, and sanctifies through his mystical body, the church, which he took from the womb of humanity overshadowed by his Holy Spirit. Christ was infallible, when he talked through a human body. He is still infallible when he teaches through a mystical body. Christ sanctified when he forgave sins with human lips. He sanctifies still when he forgives sins through the power of his priests. Christ governed through his human body, and he governs still. And he said, He that heareth you, speaking to his disciples, his apostles, his priests, he that heareth you, heareth me, end quote. As a drop of blood can live in the body, but cannot live apart from the body, so neither can any of us live the fullness of the Christ life, except in his mystical body, the church. Isn't it wonderful? These are short Reflections that are powerful, powerful condensed doses of a magnificent faith, religion, spirituality that we've been given. We'll go on to the assumption, the assumption of the Blessed Mother. And Bishop Sheen says, what the, um, what the ascension was to our Lord, that the assumption is to Our Lady. What was the ascension? Our Lord ascending, going back to his Father in heaven. And that, the assumption is to Our Lady. Certainly she, the new garden of paradise, in which grew the lily of divine sinlessness and the red rose of the church, should not be delivered over and forgotten by the heavenly gardener. She, in whose womb was celebrated the nuptials of eternity and time is more of eternity than time. If husband and wife in marriage are made two in one flesh, then shall not she, who is the new Eve of the new Adam, be also made two in one spirit with him, As Christ ascended into heaven to the unity of the divine nature, so Mary is assumed as Christ ascended into heaven 
to the unity of the divine nature, so Mary is assumed into heaven in the unity of Christ's human nature. Her mystical flight is the event to which our whole generation moves. Our age of carnalities, which loves the body beautiful, not awful, our age of carnality, carnalities, fleshly works, which loves, quote, unquote, the body beautiful, is lifted out of its despair by the assumption to honor a body that is beautiful because it is a temple of God. Hold on. Excuse me. To honor a body that is beautiful because it is a temple of God, a gate through which the word of heaven passed to earth, a tower of ivory up which climbed divine love to kiss upon the lips of his mother a mystic rose. I tell you, Bishop Sheen talked about his having spent a holy hour from the time I believe he was a seminarian, is not, if not earlier, from the time he was at least a seminarian, um, right to the end of his life, he said he never missed the hour every day before God. What I'm reading, beloved, is the fruit of that holy hour, is the fruit of that daily holy hour. It's just magnificent. And finally, Bishop Sheen says, to this daughter of the new Eve goes up our prayer. The celestial traitress play. Um, the celestial traitress, T-R-A-I-T-R-E-S-S, play. And all mankind to bliss betray with sacrosanct cajoleries and starry treachery of your eyes tempt us back to paradise. Okay. Um, all the evil, all the evil that has come upon us, um, all the um, mankind to bliss betray. Um, uh, we betrayed it with sacrosanct uh, cajoleries, with every source of evil. Starry treachery of your eyes. All this is Mary is the daughter of the new Eve, and Eve is the source of this poem. Um, she was in paradise, and she played the traitor, the traitress, because she's feminine, and she was the source of mankind's betrayal um, with um, all kinds of cajoleries, all kinds of playful sinfulness and starry treachery of your eyes. Tempt us back to paradise. Tempt us back to paradise. You tempted us into sin. Tempt us back to paradise, to the new Eve, to the woman who brought us the Savior. Finally, and I don't know that we'll have time for this, but let's get a beginning. The, f- the final um, 
mystery of the Holy Rosary and the final mystery of the glorious mysteries, which is the coronation of Our Lady, the crowning, the coronation of Our Lady as Queen of Heaven and Earth. She is the one that restored what Eve destroyed. Bishop Sheen says this, and the whole reflection is um, actually uh, is by um, uh, G.K. Chesterton and titled Regina Angelorum, that is Queen of the Angels. Our Lady was assumed into heaven and crowned queen of heaven and earth. And Chesterton wrote this, Our Lady went into a strange country, Our Lady, for she was ours, and had run on the little hills behind the houses and pulled small flowers. But she rose up and went into a strange country with strange thrones and powers. And there were giants in the land she walked in, tall as their toppling towns, with heads so high in heaven, the constellations served them for crowns, and their feet might have forded like a brook the abysses where Babel drowns. Oh, I can't continue this, beloved. We will tomorrow morning. Right now we are hearing the music of our first break with an invitation for you, for anyone to call in with anything on their heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at that uh, number as well or um, no uh, text at that number as well and email at mother at the station of the cross.com we'll be right back this is father Yatsuk Mazur please join me in a prayer from St. Gertrude the Great eternal father i offer you the most precious blood of your divine son jesus in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory for sinners everywhere for sinners in the universal church those in my own home and within my family amen lifesite news is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
At iCatholic Radio, we are blessed to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ through the latest of technology. But don't rely on just one of your mobile devices for listening to iCatholic Radio. Download our free app to all your Android and Apple mobile devices, ensuring you'll never miss a show. That's iCatholic Radio, great Catholic programming, available for download through the Google Play and iTunes Store. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and now I always say it's my favorite part of the program that it's just you and I together, and all of us as a family, and you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart, and it does not need to be uh, what we are speaking about, but what's on your heart, and you can always call or write in anonymously if you wish. The toll-free number to call or text is one eight seven seven. Five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. Excuse me. We have an email from Lori who writes, "Dear Mother, thank you for your program. I'm learning so much. My husband and I, along with our children, converted to Catholicism from Protestantism about three years ago. Prior to this conversion, I almost always went to church." with the four children alone at various Protestant denominational churches, constantly prayed and constantly prayed that my husband would come to know Christ. After coming into the Catholic Church, we began to attend the Saturday night service as a family. So um, that leads me to understand that your husband was not a Christian and he became one when he became Catholic. She says, this is a huge answer to prayer for me. Um, However, a few months ago, I discovered the Latin Mass Parish not too far from our home. I immediately loved the Reverend Mass. My husband has no interest in going there. So the children and I go to the Latin Mass during the week. We can do this since we homeschool and continue to go to the Novus Ordo Church as a family. On Saturday nights. This leads to my two questions. I see at the traditional Mass there are only altar boys. Should I have my two girls stop serving at the altar at the Novus Ordo Mass, where girls serving is very common? I want to do what is pleasing to the Lord. Well, dear one, I would have them stop serving. Uh, You'd have to explain you'd have to teach them you'd have to teach them why there are only uh, boys that serve and that is um, uh, because only males belong a female does not belong at the altar whatsoever regardless of age Um, and and for a boy uh, males belong at the altar and for boys this is um, a uh, perhaps um, helpful path to the priesthood. 
It may or may not be, but boys will become priests either of the altar in the church or the altar at home. They will be priests at home. They need to learn how to be reverent, how to serve, how to understand the Mass to lead their family. So I would have them stop, but I would, I would, um, I would teach them. Why? Because if there are other uh, altar girls, um, uh, then it, it's going to create a problem for them. Why? Why did you stop? Why this? Why that? Uh, your husband may have a problem with it. So before you do that, uh, do do a bit of research. Uh, talk to the priest uh, of the Latin church you attend during the week and ask him for help on how to, um, how, why he does not have altar girls. And you can, you can take that very lovingly to your husband and say, sweetheart, as we are Catholic and we keep learning more about our faith, um, if people, uh, let's just say people don't believe uh, they claim to be Catholic, but they contracept. They don't believe what the church teaches, or they don't want to obey it. Many of them don't know about contraception, but when they find out, now they're accountable to God. And so we learn as we go. Um, and I've I've come to understand that uh, the position of assisting the priests at the altar uh, should be male only. And, you know, all of that. So, and you want to explain it to your girls. So talk to your husband first. And ideally, you and your husband should speak to them together. Otherwise, it's going to divide the family. Um, Very, very difficult. Um, Secondly, um, uh, Lori writes, I feel we should attend on Sunday. The Latin church apparently does not even offer a Saturday evening service. It's because God has said to keep the Lord's Day holy, um, uh, so as to keep the Sabbath day holy, she says. Uh, Sunday is not the Sabbath, beloved. Saturday is the Sabbath, but it is that the day of rest by the Jews of the first century, who were the first Christians, the first followers of the Christ, the Messiah, because the Lord of the Sabbath rose on Sunday the day of worship was changed from Saturday to Sunday. And so Sunday is our day of rest, our day of worship. Um, the book of Hebrews says, in entering into Christ, we have entered into our rest, our Sabbath rest in Christ. And she writes, however, my husband will go only on a Saturday night. Am I still keeping the Lord's day by going to church on Saturday? You are. You are. The reason that the Novus Ordo Church began uh, Mass on Saturday night is because uh, just as we have vigils on uh, Christmas Eve, it's a vigil the night before Christmas, um, and on on, um, Easter, uh, we have the Easter vigil, and on Holy Days of Obligation, we have generally a a first-class feast. We have vigils because, according to the Jewish calendar, the day begins at sundown the night before. Um, And so they're entering into that, and they they have a Saturday evening vigil. It is absolutely legitimate. Uh, What is very, very sad is that that was begun 
so that people who must work on Sunday to support their families, they have no choice of having it as a day off if they want to keep their jobs. Then the church allowed a Saturday night uh, mass so that people who work Sunday or for extreme reasons cannot go on Sunday um, uh, can go on Saturday night. It, Saturday night was never begun so that people can go to the beach on Sunday or do whatever they want on Sunday, have the day off, so to speak. That was never the intention. And unfortunately, it has been completely misused, misunderstood, because priests and bishops have not taught correctly their their flock uh, for the most part, not everyone, of course, Um and if you go to a church Saturday night, you'll see that it's packed. And Nova Soto Church is packed, and most people go in shorts and thongs, and it's a it's a terrible, uh, uh, it's a sacrilege. It's not a good situation. So you are still keeping the Lord's Day by going on a Saturday night. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Go ahead and call in with anything on your heart. One eight seven seven. I'll continue to sum up this email when we get back. Don't go away. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. Welcome. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together today, and we have over 15 minutes, so you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are at the end of an email uh, from Lori, who's... Um, and she said her husband and her four children came into the Catholic Church, but her husband, they're going to a novice auto parish. She discovered the Latin Mass, but her husband doesn't want to go there. And um, she has her daughter serving at the novice auto and wants to know if they should not. Well, they should not, but be very careful how you handle that. Um, if the church does it, it you're, you, and, I, and I suggested you need to you need to teach them, and you need to talk to your husband because ideally, it would be good if both of you uh, spoke to the daughters together. Otherwise, it's going to divide uh, you and your husband in in the light in the face of your daughters, and um, it's going to be very difficult. Um, I would keep your marriage together if it means keeping them as altar servers. Uh, I guess a lot of people would disagree with that, but um, uh, again, you know, if you ever, if God ever does lead you to the Latin Mass, uh, you can explain it. Actually, you, you can explain it to them, and if you teach them well enough, they could say, we no longer want to be altar service. You should really sit down, perhaps, and discuss it as a family. And the girls could say, we don't want to be altar service anymore. That would be fine. It would be their decision as well. And their dad would be present for it. And I, I, that would be, I guess, ideal. Um, they go Saturday night because the husband doesn't want to go Sunday and he doesn't want to go to the Latin church. That's an unfortunate thing. Um, I, I hope your husband became Catholic because he believes the church, not because he just wanted to be one with the family, because you're going to have a non-Catholic posing as a Catholic living at home. It's going to be very, very difficult. So just very gently and gradually begin to help your husband to understand and say, sweetheart, if you're refusing something you haven't even experienced, at least come with us to the Latin Mass on Sunday. At least come with us for a month. And then if you don't want to, we will go back with you to the Novus Ordo, but at least come with us. So um, it, it, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, just do it gently and respectfully to your husband and plead with him if you need to. Uh, sweetheart, we... we you know we um, we we don't agree on this. <clears throat> I don't think it's just a matter of taste. I think it's a matter of coming to understand the full beauty and grace and um, um, reverence that God intends for us. And you're saying no to something you really haven't experienced. So I ask you to come not just once, but come for a month. And if you want no part of it, 
we will stay with you uh, at the Novus Ordo, but it's very, very difficult. All right, so pray to Our Lady. Lori says, I don't want to do anything to rock the boat with my husband going to church. <clears throat> That's a good thing, but uh, don't hesitate to speak to him and to show him uh, things that are uh, not fitting in the Novus Ordo as you can. We have an email from Debbie. Dear Mother Miriam, I cannot seem to get through to call on the phone. What time are you on the air in California time? Well, it's 10 to 11 Eastern time. So that is, and my time, it's 9 to 10 in Tulsa, which is Central time. California time would be 7 to 8 in the morning. That's a little early for some getting their children to school and going to work and all. But 7 to 8 uh, would be the time that you can call in live. <clears throat> She said, my question is, my husband's son has a child out of wedlock and has not baptized his daughter um, because his wife does not want to baptize their daughter. Also, my husband's son is not even married in the Catholic Church and has received all the sacraments as a Catholic. His wife is anti-Catholic and will not baptize. How can I help encourage his son that he needs to have his eight-year-old child baptized. Is it my responsibility to say anything because he's my husband's son? I thank you, Mother Miriam. God bless you. Well, if you, uh, Debbie, if you and your husband are Catholic, then really you should come together and talk to his son and his son's uh, wife or girlfriend um, about the faith. Simply to baptize an eight-year-old child with a father who's not Catholic, with a mother who's anti-Catholic, not living in a true marriage, uh, living out of wedlock, uh, is not a good thing. We must be baptized. But to be baptized, to baptize a child, is to agree to raise them in the Catholic faith. And they're not going to raise them in the Catholic faith. And that's when people, children think, I'm Catholic because I was baptized. But they're not Catholic. Yes, they were baptized, blessed be God. But they're not being raised in the Catholic faith. They're not living the Catholic faith. And to them, it's a sham. Um, Just like her husband. He had all the sacraments. Well, what does that mean? He's not in the Catholic Church. He's not living a Catholic life. He's had a child out of wedlock. He's married outside the Catholic Church. What does it matter that he's had all the sacraments if he's turned from them? He's more accountable than someone who has not had any of the sacraments. So I wouldn't push for baptism. I would pray nonstop um, uh, for them, for you to do all that you can to help them to come to Christ and into the Church and to raise their children uh, Catholic. That's what I would pray for, um, including the son. Now, if you're the boy's godmother, uh, or the child's godmother, um, and they've allowed you to do that, well, then you should be allowed to take the child for baptism, or they should agree to it, and you can raise the child Catholic. But at the moment, he's being raised, or she's being raised in a... Uh, an anti-Catholic background, um, as is their daughter. And so um, it's, um, 
it's a very bad situation. You need to sacrifice and pray and do all you can to bring them to Christ. We have an email from Tricia. Hello, Mother. I'm very happy to discover you again. I watched you faithfully way back in the day on EWTN as Rosalind Moss, along with Christine, as Christine Franklin. I rejoice at your love of the church and your expression of your abiding faithfulness. Um, Thanks, Tricia, so much. My question is, she says, I have always been interested in attending the traditional Latin Mass. I still remember my love for it, even though I was nine years old when the big switch took place. My diocese actually has three Latin Masses, one at three um, one at three different locations on Sundays. Two of the Masses are through the diocese, and one is um, labeled as independent and is serviced by the Society of St. Pius X. Is this society accepted by the Catholic Church, and would it be fine for me to attend there? My heart draws me there, but of course... I only want to do what is approved by Holy Mother Church. Bless your ministry, Mother. Well, dear one, my heart draws me there too, Tricia. And blessed be God, we have a fraternity of St. Peter Parish here, uh, completely Latin Mass, seven days a week. But many, many uh, churches in many dioceses uh, have uh, the Latin Mass only on Sunday, And if you wish, not just the Latin Mass, but a Latin parish so that you could celebrate the traditional Mass and the liturgical year all year round, it's very, very lacking and very hard in many dioceses to find that. The Society of Pope Pius X has that all the time. They're strictly Latin. Um, I would long to be there myself, but the Church still says, according to some, Uh, one particularly Cardinal Raymond Burke, a high canonist of the church, um, that they are yet in schism. And because of that, I will not go. Um, I dread some of the churches I need to attend in order to go to Mass, but uh, the thing that I won't do is enter into disobedience with the church and to a Mass that the church says is in schism. Many people think the SSPX, the Society of St. Pius X, is not in schism. I know that, but uh, there are some strong prelates in the church whom I respect and who believe it is in schism, and so that's enough for me to not go. I wish with all my heart that that wouldn't be the case or that the reconciliation would take place. When I think of priests like Father James Martin, who um, does not believe what the Catholic Church teaches, who normalizes homosexuality, LBGQ, all over the world, who's invited by bishops to speak at their parishes, this is an abomination. And the fact that he's not in schism is the greatest mystery. And somebody who attends the Society of St. Pius X is in schism. It's just an, it's a terrible mystery. Uh, yet, the church is our mother, and we obey her. And, and that's where I'm at. If, 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 if all the priests and bishops go astray, I will remain with the church. It is our ship. It is our salvation. 
it is what God established. And I'm not going to base my attending such and such on the people, but on what Christ has established. We have an, in, uh, an email from Adelaide. She writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I pray for my son, but he is not interested in anything. What can I do? Thanks. Well, I don't know how old your son is. I don't know if he's out of the house, if he's old, if he's young, what he does, uh, what it means that he's not interested in anything. Does that mean life or does that mean the Catholic faith? I'm real. I, I don't know, dear Adelaide, what you mean. What you can do is live the faith. Um, you can live the faith, as I always say, as I often say, as if it's true. Live it with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Compromise nothing. Be a loving presence uh, to uh, Adelaide. To uh, Adelaide, be a loving presence, rather, to your son. And uh, talk to him as much as you can. Be a witness to him. And uh, ask God for every opportunity to love him into the faith. Um, okay, now we have an email from... Paula, and Paula says, have all the truths of the Catholic Church been revealed by God? Will there be any more dogmatic revelations? Well, my goodness, nobody can answer that one. Hmm? Um, Yes, all the truths of the Catholic Church have been revealed. It is the faith once delivered to the saints, and all of the doctrine uh, ceased uh, revelation rather ceased with the last apostle. Everything's been given. Nothing can be added to the faith. However, we have, as Cardinal Saint Cardinal Newman made clear, the development of doctrine. And so we've come to learn through the years what is the full flowering of the acorn into the tree. But it must be from the acorn. It cannot be added on. It cannot be subtracted. It has to be uh, a true organic growth. Uh, and the doctrine, the dogmas that have been proclaimed in the church, such as the, um, the hypostatic union, that God is 100% God, 100% man, uh, one person, two natures, all of that, that has been approved by the church. The triunity, the trinity of God, Father, one God in three persons, the, his atoning death, his resurrection, uh, his, um, purgatory, um, so many things. Uh, the Blessed Mother, uh, her assumption into heaven, uh, it has her immaculate conception. These things have been believed from the beginning, but they have become declared doctrines. So they're not new. They are developments of the faith, which all the faithful have not understood but they've been believed from the beginning and they were there right in the acorn of the church, right at the beginning. And so there could be new dogmatic proclamations as there was uh, in 1950, uh, the Assumption of Our Blessed Mother. Not a new dogma, not a new revelation, but a new dogmatic proclamation to say, yes, we must believe this, not we can, but we must believe this, but it will not be a new revelation. There's the music uh, to the end of our program, beloved, and we'll speak with all of you tomorrow. God bless you.